Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. My name is Brian Sobolewski, and I am your host. Welcome to episode 10. Um, actually, not entirely sure what I'm going to call this one, but happy Easter, everybody. Uh, yet another holiday that it's hard not to feel like they cram the idea of, hey, meeting with family and cooking and having a meal with loved ones is, you know, why we train. And uh, for those of us that don't really do the family thing, um, these, uh, these holidays are tough and they're probably easier than some of the shit you guys are going through. Families are hard. Now, it has been another very difficult week. Um, I, you know, for a lot of reasons. And one was that uh, last time we spoke, we talked about it, it was my dad's birthday, uh, April 7th, last Thursday. And I reported a very short episode last week, and we'll probably do that again this week because it's just hard to find words right now. But, um, you know, I have always been the type of person that, that favored putting the facts of all matters out there and leaving it in the court of public opinion because the court of public opinion runs on Duncan's and they're going to start fucking jabbering no matter what you do. And... Somebody messaged me on on Facebook and said, hey, you know, somebody posted about your dad and your brother, and then somebody else posted something else that was actually taken down. Now, I reached out to people that knew Kev. I reached out to people that knew dad. This is the first time in my life I've ever tried to stay quiet this long about something like this. I come from a... I come from a family that both sides, my Polish and Russian side, were very private, very private, mostly in in that you, you certainly don't let anyone know what truly is going on behind closed doors in your house. And we had a lot of shit to hide, man. So, you know, you, you become an adult and, and you're part of that environment and you're part of that nature, uh, nurture, sorry, and... Uh, you don't want to do it anymore. It makes you sick. And, and this whole situation makes me sick. I'm just sick. Fucking sick. All the time. <laughs> but it disturbed me. It disturbed me that, that people were starting to, you know, cluck. And start making suppositions. And, and to, to put the pieces together themselves. And I do not blame anyone for that. Because I've been doing that ever since February 11th. So, fuck it. You know, this is it. This is, I'm going to put the cards down on the table. And I'm going to tell you uh, the details of what happened. That I know. And right now, nobody knows for sure what happened inside my dad's house on February 11th. No one. Except them. Even the police. So as I may have stated before. On February 11th, I woke up at 5 a.m. I was supposed to teach a class at 6 a.m. And there was a knock at my door. 
And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that knock is distinctive. Officers knock on a door different than anyone else. And those of you who ever had their door knocked on by an officer of the law, you know it's 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 the same way they they pronounce themselves. You know what I mean? It, it, there's a there's there's something different about it. So as soon as the knock hit my door, I looked out the back door. I knew it was a cop. Two. I looked out the back to see whether or not I was going to be leaving in cuffs. Because if there was anyone posted at the back, that meant they knew uh, there was the potential for fleeing. And that's just the way I think, guys. That's just, you know, that's ingrained in me now. So I look through the peephole, I see there's two cops, and, you know, I'll tell you at this point in my life, I proudly open that door because I got fucking nothing to hide, ever. <laughs> Which is a somewhat good feeling. And that good feeling is squashed when they tell you that they are there because my father and brother are deceased. And that they are there to give me the number of the detective handling the case. And that they were to actually witness me call them, call this guy on my phone. Which I did. I acquiesced. And uh, I talked to a detective something or other. And I don't know what procedure is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But this guy said, you know, here's the situation. Um, officers arrived at the scene and immediately called 911 and, and the fire department, usually the first people to show up. And uh, Kev was unresponsive. Dad had a pulse. They cart dad off to an emergency room. And he is pronounced dead later. Uh, they said he had a heartbeat when he got there. Just, just that section of time. That alone will occupy your thoughts and make you think, well, what was he thinking? Was he, was he able? Was there any brain activity left in him? where he experienced anything at that point. Now, the detective went on to say that there was a note and that there was a 911 call, which the detective went on to play for me and uh, read to me. Both were very clear about what transpired very clear dad made his own 911 call reporting his son's death and predicting his i don't i don't know what that's like i don't know what that feels like i don't know what you feel like in your own skin when you do something like that i don't know any of that but my brain churns it over and over and over and, you know, as you're just sort of, you know, the, the factual part of your brain starts to pick that shit apart. No, but <laughs> there's always the emotional part on the side saying, dude, there's going to be a fucking price for this. 
and and I know that price. Emotionally, I don't know. I don't. I won't ever be the same. Couple days, uh, the detective then says that he put the house keys. Uh, you know, that was a crime scene. So the house keys were actually put into evidence. And that he would have to put specific paperwork through whoever to get me to the key. So that I could go in there and see what the fuck. That took three days. It took three days, ladies and gentlemen, for approval of paperwork. And that's a long 72 fucking hours. I can tell you that. Because your brain just... (sighs) There was so much about that house that was depressing from so many standpoints. And to not be able to get to it, or you know, it's four and a half hours from where I am right now. So, you know, not only am I looking at not being able to get in there for 72 hours, but it's a four hour drive and I know nothing about the area. I've never been to that house. I don't, I don't know anything at this point. That was a very, that was probably one of the more difficult 72 hours that I had to go through. Finally, when I get access to the house, thank God a very good friend came with me. Um, there was just a, a blackness over that house. There was a, a starkness, a minimalism. There was a, an air that it served as shelter and nothing else. Very few things were hung on any walls. The bathrooms were occupied by two single men, very little stuff in it. Um, you know, and, and then there's, there's a crime scene. And, uh, a couple days after I get a call from the detective and they say that, uh, the bodies were autopsied and, and toxicology and everything else that they, they do with that takes a minimum of 90 days to get any results back. But to the detectives, there is some discrepancies, places that make them wonder who shot who, which I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you make a 911 call and, and somebody wonders. But there's there's some CSI evidence that's saying that, that you know, it didn't didn't necessarily play out the way that um, a typical murder suicide would, and that's what this is. That's what this is, and I'm telling you guys this, and I'm talking about it now because I don't want anyone to sit there and fucking have any doubts about about what happened, about you know, start start any rumor mills, and they're gonna start anyway, and that's fine. But here it is. I just want to put it to you. This is what I know, and and this is what I have been dealing with ever since February 11th. Now, uh, 
I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what else to say. You know, I, I have great hopes that at some point I'll be able to bring this podcast back to our episodes of me ranting and raving about shit. But uh, I, I just can't. I, I can't do that right now. And I'm not gonna. There's still a lot that we still don't know exactly what happened in that house. I have a really fucking good idea what happened in that house, but, uh, you know, I'm going to wait till science tells us what science can tell us. And until then, I'd appreciate you just keep your fucking mouth shut. But you're not going to, and neither would I. But I have to say it. So, uh, I got some comedy here. I, I, uh, I did some comedy Friday night at Doghouse, like I always do. And uh, I did some new stuff that held inside for a very long time because I didn't I didn't know if it was going to be funny and it and it was all right it came out pretty good it's only a couple minutes so enjoy that I keep trying to put part three of the of the sentence to stand up show up but I'm having some difficulties with this technology it's it's not uh it's not doing what the other two did so I'm going to try to get that up in this episode but if I can I'll get it up for next week guys um thank you so much for listening happy easter or Passover, or whatever the fuck it is you celebrate. Peace out. Welcome to Doghouse Theater, guys. Welcome to Sick Puppets Comedy. We do improv classes here. We do stand-up classes here. We do shows here Friday, Saturday night. And you are in the middle of one right now. Congratulations. Uh, we do the honor system here, so if you need anything, because most of the staff will be performing tonight. <laughs> Uh, if you need anything at all, please go grab it, and at the end you can settle up with us. It's all on the honor system. Um, I love the honor system because uh, I want beer number two. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I love the honor system. Um, so it's Easter weekend. That's that's probably why we're a little quiet. And uh, I just want any Catholics here? Just a couple. And they don't want to admit it. That's what they're fucking talking about. Like, oh, and I get it. All right, get it, because I grew up Catholic. And Easter is always just, it's just very confusing to me. So let me just see if I can break it down to you guys. Supposedly Jesus died on a Friday. <laughs> and he comes back on a Sunday. So let's CSI this shit. That means it took God 48 hours to convince Jesus to come back. 48 straight hours. He had to be like, no, listen, we can do this. And Jesus was like, Fuck you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so God's like, listen, the next time you go down, you can be Tom Brady. <laughs> Who doesn't t- That's the only way to explain Tom Brady. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> and it's really the only way to explain Jesus ever coming back down here after the time that he spent here the first time. Uh, I think the Bible was originally one story that they split in two to make more money. <laughs> yeah, the fucking Hunger Games did that shit to you too and you were pissed about it. <laughs> I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> and you know, it was, it was so, like, people didn't like the God in the first book, so they had to, like, soften him up a little bit, make him a single parent. <laughs> like, God's got struggles. This is how I get it, guys. This is this is all I took from 15 straight years of Catholicism. Yeah, feel bad for me, motherfuckers. I, I, no, I blame Catholicism for my self-esteem because no priest ever touched this shit. <laughs> Nobody. 